0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
0: ES Audio.
2: From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. As headteachers warn that schools across the UK are on the verge of being unsafe, It looks like a teacher's strike is looming. School leaders have said they may have to make redundancies as they're being hit by spiralling energy prices and inflation. A poll of London headteachers, carried out by the National Association of Head Teachers, found that half will have to make staff redundant because of rising costs and government underfunding. Schools have also had to find cash for a rise in teacher pay, which has had to come from their budgets. It's led to the union balloting for strike action, meaning schools could face disruption in the near future. So, how are schools coping as they try to balance the books? And could tomorrow's autumn statements lessen the burden? Joining me now is the Evening Standards commissioning editor and feature writer, Katie Strick. So, Katie, I understand you've spoken with headteachers across London. What specifically have they been struggling with?
0: So it really is a shocking and depressing situation, really. So all of this seems to have come about because of a result of a real terms budget cut. So there haven't been actual budget cuts, but thanks to a sort of perfect storm of financial problems. So inflation, spiraling energy prices, an unfunded rise in teacher pay in real terms this means schools have have less money this year and so it's um, really shocking statistics we're talking about. Nine in ten schools in England are expected to run out of money by September, so the next academic year and that's even without any cuts feared in tomorrow's budget. So it's a really really concerning situation and it's particularly um, pressing for us as the evening standard because it's primary schools we're talking about that are worst affected and then within those it's those in London that seem to be the hardest hit, partly due to a rise in poverty and partly due to a rise in both pupils and teachers leaving London thanks to COVID and lots of families leaving London and going to other parts of the country and also Brexit and many European families um, leaving, leaving the country too.
2: And you sort of mentioned this cocktail of issues impacting schools at the moment. Have these problems been building for a while or have they happened more recently?
0: So I spoke to one head teacher, Richard Slade. He's head teacher of Plumcroft primary school in Greenwich.
3: We just really do not have enough money to run schools even close to properly. And what I'm seeing happening next, if nothing changes in terms of school funding increasing, is literally a cliff edge
0: said he's been working as head teacher there since 2010 and that is the last time he can remember having enough money to be able to deliver what he calls and he hates to call it this but he calls the extras so school trips, well-being projects, tackling obesity and things like that.
3: We've reached frankly a tipping point in terms of the gap between What we get and what we know we need is just too wide. And he says it's
0: got worse over the last decade, worse and worse and worse. And then this year is by far the sort of most desperate they have got. And that's to the point where not only are those extras not being able to be delivered, but the day-to-day basics of just having enough teachers to teach big classes of 30 and having a support staff in there too, ideally, um, just aren't possible anymore.
2: And you talked about how desperate head teachers like Richard Slade are at this point, especially after 10 years, such a long time. Has he given any indication of how close schools are from having to close?
0: Yeah, he did. And he said, you know, his school, for example, is operating on a deficit budget this year of £154,000 at least.
3: If I was to follow the government's own guidance that I should be only spending 75% of my budget on staffing, I would need to save a further £400,000, which would mean I'd have to make at least 20 more staff redundant to balance the books according to the DfE. And I'm just not going to do that.
0: So he's 57, he's talking about retiring an entire decade earlier than he wanted to. He wanted to keep going till he was 70, and he's now only going to be able to last until he's 60. He says he's got three years left in him, but he couldn't do a single day over that if he was to look after himself and his family.
3: My well being and my family work life balance is such that I've really got to start thinking. I'm 57 now, so I've genuinely in the last couple of years worked out that I need to change the balance mainly because we just, I'm exhausted.
0: So he'll be retiring 10 years early. He's absolutely exhausted, and for the first time in his 30 year career, he um, is voting to strike.
2: And there's been this poll of London head teachers which found that half will have to make teachers redundant because of these spiralling costs. How realistic a prospect is that for schools? That's
0: right, yes. Yeah, staffing is by far the biggest issue here, and that's just a financial reason. So a lot of schools are talking about 82% of their budgets being being staffing. It's supposed to only be 75%, but they're all saying that it, they've had to go over that. So the biggest way that they can you know, try and break even is by either cutting staff, and that's teachers and teaching assistants, or by cutting staff's hours.
3: So with my youngest children, who are three years old, for example, the legal ratio maximum is one adult to 13 children, so bear in mind these are three-year-old children. So with 39 nursery children in one of my provisions, that's just got three adults with 39 children. Now that's legally compliant, but if a child needs an nappy changed or another one is upset, you've suddenly got very few adults with children of that age.
0: And um, the quality of teaching naturally is going to decline as well. I mean, it's a vicious cycle. You sort of have remaining staff who maybe haven't been made redundant, are just left exhausted, they're off sick from either exhaustion or COVID, flu, or the usual things, or they're leaving altogether. And um, I know support staff are sort of talking about the fact that it's actually more lucrative to work in a supermarket these days or a restaurant than it is to come in and be a teaching assistant, which is a pretty depressing situation.
3: My job as the head teacher is to reach a point of decision that actually enough is enough, that we just cannot keep coping. We need to actually have appropriate sufficient funding that's sustained over time to be able to actually do our job properly.
1: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: Teachers are now considering strike action. Where are we with that action? When could we see those strikes?
0: So we don't have dates for when the strikes will actually take place. It's looking like it wouldn't be until the new year if they did take place. But the ballots that have opened so far, um, they don't close until January and a few others haven't announced their dates yet. But it looks like 2023, we're not going to be seeing the last of, of these problems. It's actually probably going to be at the forefront across all the front pages of teachers do go ahead and strike, which is looking likely.
2: In terms of the impact this is having on children with special educational needs and disabilities, how much is it affecting then.
0: The saddest part of this whole thing is that it's the most vulnerable pupils who are being hardest hit. So a lot of them with special educational needs. And we have more of them than ever post pandemic.
3: Many of them need dedicated one to one support. And so at the moment, what I'm having to do is prior because caring for the most vulnerable in our schools is probably the highest duty we have. And so I'm prioritising the staff that I do have, and I don't have enough of them. But prioritizing the staff I do have to work with those complex children.
0: A lot of schools poured more money into those kind of um, things like counselling and capture up tuition and things post-pandemic. And now they're suddenly facing that horrible, horrible decision of whether they have to cut a lot of it. And it's a really worrying situation. A lot of heads are saying not only are we, we worried about losing schools as educational institutions, but also safeguarding institutions.
2: So could we see something in tomorrow's autumn statements around supporting schools a bit more?
0: Yes, so at the moment, the main predictions seem to be that there, there are fears that there are going to be more cuts to things like education rather than more funding.
3: I need in my budget, and we, we do very careful cash flow projections, we do modelling, I need another 15% in my budget to be able to continue to function properly.
0: The new education secretary, Gillian Keegan, her new school standards minister, Jonathan Cullis, recently announced that schools would receive £1.5 billion more next academic year and um, also that there's going to be a cash increase of £4 billion for schools this year. But these are all big figures, but the deficits are huge and heads are saying that that's nowhere near sufficient.
3: If there were, heaven forbid, spending cuts in education, then That's why I'm speaking out now, because to have cuts would be devastating. I would get to a point if I had to balance my books and make that.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
3: many staff redundant my school would no longer be safe i would risk assess that the school is not safe and therefore i'd shut it
2: there's more news interviews and analysis in the evening standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk that's the leader thanks for listening we're back tomorrow
3: afternoon at four o'clock